concerning and knowing you. For it is life to know you, the eternal God. We thank you for the precious spirit that gives us the knowing of the death burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ in which our faith has come alive. Lord we love you. Lord we bless you. Let your presence be among us in this place here today as we commemorate and celebrate and remember your mighty works of old. Even the work of the cross where the penalty of our sins were bared upon your body and the judgment of God was laid upon you. We ask that precious spirit of the living God, you grant us the reality of that great and dreadful day. But all oh, the glory that followed after you have made us beneficiaries thereof. And how grateful we are, dear Master. So we bless your name. We glorify your name. We lift up your mighty name. There is absolutely no one that compares to you, dear Lord Jesus. You alone are in a class of your own. So we bless you. We honor you. We extend our hands and give you all praise and give you all thanks for surely if it had not been for your love and your mercy for us where would we be father thank you for the light of christ that shines in our hearts oh god delivering us from darkness and the veil oh god by which so many are destroyed we love you we bless you we honor you. Lord, let your name be praised. Let your name be honored. Blessings, glory, and honor be unto your name forever. The Lamb who was slain from the foundations of the earth. Who can compare to you, Father? Who can compare to you? For you are greater than all. You are the greatest of all. Oh, we love you. We bless you. We honor you. Belean trons celebracleon trans cavila tragen shom tragila. Zelemangrosh talebraclego som trans cela bralicabon shiprakisale tora mahanta. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name. Honor be unto you, Most High, forever and ever, forever and ever. You alone reign throughout the ages. You alone will rule throughout the aeons. We bless you, our Master. Holy Spirit of the living God, we thank you, we love you, we adore you, we appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you a million, Lord. Le mantra kilaska bragado shalamansha pratila pratia. 
Bless ombre le destro con sparande le chissa trola. Bleo trande brede goscienzo bro chissangia bradagans coscia bradin. Ble gronde le braza gradisi brata shankli bro cusangia bradali kabada. Li amange bro godos kali mange bragadishta la mange bro godos shalitaha. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Oh bless your mighty name. Thank you for all your spirit will impart into our lives this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Morning. How are you? Praise God. First Peter chapter one. Amen. Praise the Lord. First Peter chapter one. You know, can you hear me? It's important that we remind ourselves of why we are Christians. You know, there's so many or you know, so much activity going on in Christianity that we sometimes lose ourselves in these activities and in these religious activities that we lose along the way the reason why we are Christians. Many around the world today profess Christianity but do not have the walk that accords with Christianity. And the times in which we are living in are exemplary that we should review our faith. We should review our faith. You know, Paul said, examine now yourselves and see whether you are still in the faith. Because the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, is responsible for bringing to us not only the faith of Christ, not only the life of Christ, but the very convictions that Christ possessed. Ah, let them sit there. Everybody who's late, they must sit there in the kitchen, all right? Because he is the one sent to us to make real that which Christ Jesus has laid down his life for. So we 
we must ask ourselves whether or not that same spirit is working in us as he should. Because if that same spirit is working in us as he should, no Christian, no Christian that exists should have any fear of death. The Bible says that he likewise took on the similitude of sin, of sinful flesh, and that through death he destroyed him that had the power of death, who throughout their lifetime was subject to him in fear of death. So if Jesus did what he said he did, and our experience is totally contrasted to that reality that he came for. Then we must take a step back and say, whoa, 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 whoa. What is going on here? Why is my life not a reflection, a mirror of the work of Christ? Because if my life should be as Christ determined it to be, then I should have the experience of life that is mirrored by Christ. So if that is not the case, I must take a step back and review my own faith, review what I have come to believe. Otherwise, the Spirit of God is not in us as we profess that He is. And that's what Days, seasons like these should probe in our minds. You know, I'll read you the scripture now. God advised or commanded the Israelites for all generations to take these or this season as a day to remember what the Lord had done. There are two, uh, two realities with regards to Passover season. One has to do with Jesus Christ. The other has to do with Israel. Israel doesn't know the reality that Jesus Christ provided for all mankind. Israel still keeps the Passover as was laid down to Moses. Now, is there any significance in that? Yes and no. Yes, because God told them that they should remember it for all ages, all generations. No, because Jesus provided the reality. So, the significance of these seasons is remembrance. Is remembrance. More than celebration is remembrance. When Jesus said, take the communion, he never said, celebrate. He said, remember. It was not about celebration. It is about remembrance. Remembrance. Because, for the most part, many celebrate what they don't understand. You look, at, you look at churches all over the world, all around the world, 
every single year we celebrate Easter weekend and all that. But in reality, the understanding is not there. It's not there. And so we must use the opportunity to review and remember. To review and remember. To review. Review our faith. Review the framework, the structure, the foundations of our Christian faith. And remember why we are Christians. Why we are Christians. Maybe I should ask that question. Why are we Christians? Why are you a Christian? Why do you say you believe in Jesus Christ? Because those are things that unless you really clearly define, you may be living a false Christianity. You may be practicing a false Christianity. There is a false Christianity. In the same way that Jesus says they are false brethren. That they are false teachers. That they are false apostles. That they are false prophets. There is a false Christianity. False because Jesus said many will say unto me that day, Lord. But I shall tell them I do not know them. For they are workers of lawlessness. So we must distinguish because God said to Moses, he said, on this night, I will distinguish between the Egyptians and the Israelites. So the Passover was mainly about distinction. The distinguishing power of God from those who belong to him and those who are not. Because in the kingdom of God, there is both the wheat and the tares, brothers and sisters. There is both the false fish and the good fish. In the kingdom, there is both the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. And unbeknownst to me and you, you might be on the other side. Everybody wants to be a wheat. Everybody wants to be wheat. Everybody wants to be wheat. But do we meet the criteria? Everybody wants to be a wise virgin. But do we meet the criteria? So revision of our faith is important. It's very important. Prayer doesn't make you a Christian. Prayer is the command of mankind, not Christians. Praise, worship doesn't make you a Christian. Reading your Bible doesn't make you a Christian. 
those things are not definitions of Christianity. To have faith means that you are persuaded in the reality of God, of the reality of God, even when you have yet to see him. That's faith. It is a persuasion, a conviction of the reality or existence of God, even before you see him. Peter says, who having not seen, you love. That is faith. The willingness to lay down your life for God you have not yet seen. To die. And there is a requirement to prove every man's faith in Christ. He says, be faithful even unto death. That is the hallmark of Christianity. He that desires to follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Listen, 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 listen. Was Jesus Christ taking up his cross? Did he take up his cross just to go on a tour? was just to go through the street so that he may be seen. No! He bared his own cross. The very same cross that will sentence him to death. So when he's telling you bear your own cross, he's telling you die. Die unto self. That's Christianity. Anything other than death Anything other than that is falsehood. It is falsehood. Christianity is not a life of convenience. It's not a life of preference. It is a life laid, set down for you. The principles, the pathway has already been set for you. You can't now come into Christianity and decide, oh, no, I'll walk this path. No, 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 no. It's a path straight line that has been set for you. If you deviate from the path, you've adopted falsehood. So you sit down and you ask yourself, why am I a Christian? What does this Christianity mean to me? I said to my mother and my wife in the week, I said, the, the problem most people have with life is that they think that living life and interpreting life according to their own experiences is what's important. The Bible talks about the wisdom of men and the wisdom of God. When a man chooses his own way, he's living according to his own wisdom. And the Bible says, 
Even that wisdom is folly. It's vanity of vanities. You understand? Vanity of vanities. Now, the responsibility of anybody who says I'm a Christian should be to seek the wisdom that is from above. That is the wisdom of God. It is God that gives interpretation of life, not you. No. Uh, so my mother said, so, but you know, my, some things are painful. Yes, there's no denial in that. Some things are painful, but the Bible says, do not sorrow as those who are without hope. That's what the Bible says. It says, boy, there is sorrow that leads unto death. That's Bible. That's Bible. Its orientation is not in, 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 uh, emotional. So the spectrum of the Bible is not emotional. It, 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 is, it is very spiritual in that it introduces to us the wisdom of God. He has made, bro. It introduces to us the wisdom of God. The wisdom by which all men should live by. Think about Mary and Jesus. Mary, his mother. Jesus is on the cross. He's about to give up his ghost. Here is Mary, here is Martha, here is John. Mary's on her knees, she's weeping. Oh my child. This was the child that he gave birth to. He held, she held him in, his, in, her, in her womb for nine months. And there he is. About to die. How must the mother feel? How must the mother feel? Now, do you think when God was planning this thing out in eternity that he gave consideration to the woman that would give birth to the Savior? You are God. Here's God. The Bible says Jesus was laid up or died according to the foreknowledge of God. He was foreordained by God. So in God's ordination of the death and the passion of Christ, did God give any allowance, consideration, to how Mary would be feeling at that time? I want to show you how God thinks. Was there any consideration made for Mary? What what, what was it? So God considered it. Did he do something about it? Even if he considered it, the consequence of Jesus' death far more outweighed the pain in Mary's heart. That's divine wisdom. You can argue with it, but it's divine wisdom. When Jesus died, he doesn't say, Mama, don't cry. What does he say? He says, Mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. That's the last word Jesus said to Mary. That's divine wisdom. Or consider what Jesus was going to go through for all mankind. 
This man is pure, without sin, without guile, perfect. Yet he dies the death of a criminal. And the Bible says death was ordained by God. So much so that the Bible says it pleased the Lord to smite him. It pleased God. Jesus was not pleased about it. Because the Bible says Jesus went into Gethsemane and prayed three times. Lord, Lord. He said to his disciples, I am sorrowful even unto death. Did you want to go through with it? Yes and no. No, because he was human. He was hundred and no human wants to suffer consciously, deliberately. Do you go into a fire and say, uh, uh, do, do you do that? You don't. Because no human wants to suffer deliberately. So he's there, he's praying, Lord, Lord, all, all his entire life, all his entire life, God answers every prayer he prays except for that one. Every prayer he prayed except for that one. That one God is quiet. He prays three times. He's quiet. Divine wisdom. He must suffer. What about David? When his newborn baby was sick. And the Bible says he put on sackcloth and ash and went into the house of God and fasted. For seven days he fasted, praying, oh, that the Lord might heal this child. Did God answer his prayer? The child died. When the child died, what did Moses, did he continue to mourn? The Bible says he put on his clothes and went to praise God. And they wondered, ah, ah, you were crying for the baby. And he said, the Lord didn't heal him. What use is there for me to continue mourning? Divine wisdom. Divine wisdom. The airport, Job. Seven sons, three daughters, all wiped out in one day. God never answers him because it was him that gave the permission. Divine wisdom. Divine wisdom. So your responsibility is to look at life from the eyes of God. How do we do that? His word. His word. His word. Without his word, it is impossible for us to find the straight path. Impossible. So your goal is not to ask questions whether or not why this or that is taking place. Your goal is to seek the perfect will of God. What? Because sometimes God's perfect will in that situation is death. 
or or is suffering. That's that's. But us, like Job, we we present our self righteousness in instances where this happens. God's will, God's counsel is greater than our own self righteousness, our own perception of life. Because we are human beings, we see life from a linear perspective, and linear is short sighted. You see. God sees the end from the beginning. He knows what he he knows the consequence of every choice we might make. And even for all those choices, they still is perfect will. Such is the wisdom of God. And so we review and remember why we subscribe to this life. To this life. Peter, chapter 2. We there? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, woo. Let's read from verse seven. Just that the genuineness of your faith. That the genuineness of your faith. They shouldn't have put genuineness there. Should have put trial or something. That the trial of your faith. Being much more precious than gold. Listen, listen to what the Bible says. It says the trying of your faith. The trying, the trying, the testing of your faith is much more precious than gold. Do you understand what the Bible is saying? Yeah? Do you understand what the Bible is saying? Hey, do you understand what the Bible is saying? Yes or no? There's only two answers, yes or no. Do you understand? Do you understand? Hey. Do you understand? Because the same way you can go mute, I can go mute. Do you understand what the Bible is saying? Or no? Yes or no? That's a question. Yes or no? Ow. <laughs> Do you understand what the Bible is saying? Yes. What, what is the Bible saying? What is the Bible saying? 
Hmm? So you don't understand. Yes, our faith, our faith should be more powerful than anything. But by itself, it is not. The preciousness of faith is brought to fall, is brought to surface when it is tried. So if your faith is not tried, the value of it cannot be realized. That's what, that's what he is saying. The value of faith is seen in its testing. You understand that? So you can have faith, right? But its value will not be seen until it is tried. So faith comes alive. When it is tried. Faith becomes alive. When it is tried. So it's powerfulness. Only. Only shows up. In it's testing. So it says the trial. Of your faith. The testing of your faith. Being much more precious. Than gold refined in the fire. Though it is tested by fire. May be found to praise. Honor, glory, and at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Whom, having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with inexpressible and full of glory. Verse 9. Receiving the end. In other words, the completion of your faith. The end of your faith. The salvation of your souls. Of this salvation. Of this salvation. The prophets have inquired. Ah, wait. Mm. Of the... Mm. Huh? Huh? Meaning... The prophets had no clue about this salvation. They saw it, did not understand it. They perceived it, did not understand. So he says, concerning this, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. Searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that should follow. In other words, the spirit of God gave them the insight but not the understanding. Because it was the same spirit of Christ, the Christ who was to suffer, that was testifying in their spirits. Of that time when Jesus would come in the flesh and suffer and the glories that should follow. And they did not understand, not even a clue, what was taking place. Telling us 
that the sufferings of Christ and the glories that follow is a mystery for the ages. It is not even the prophets who had the spirit of Christ could clearly understand the mystery of the sufferings of Christ. You know why? I'll show you why in a moment. To them, it was revealed not to themselves, but to us. They were ministering the things which have now have been reported to you through those who have searched. So they were prophesying not for themselves, but to us. The things that they were speaking about were not meant for them to understand, but for us. So the mystery of Christ's suffering, the mystery of Christ's glory, is something that was prepared beforehand by God for us. Who? Those who've received the grace. Those who've received this salvation. They didn't receive it, even though they prophesied it. To those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit, Sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. He says, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should says, even angels desire to look into this thing because it's unfathomable. So when you understand who Christ is, you realize that the, even the conception of suffering could not have been in the minds of the angels. But he said, it was for the it was for today. Peter. Uh, Timothy. First Peter chapter 3. 
there? Yeah. You're there? First Peter chapter, I mean Timothy chapter number three, verse fourteen. Please read. Yeah. 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 Uh, Let's read verse 15 again. Yeah. Again, 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 please. So there is a way to conduct yourself in the house. Is that true? Okay. Why? Why? Because of its significance. Obvious. <laughs> Obvious. Yeah. Because of the the consciousness that one needs to have when you are in the house of God. Uh uh, again, someone else. How, how you got this 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 melody? Yeah. Come on now. Why? 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 Why should they be? The manner in which we must conduct ourselves in the house of God. He says the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Why? Obviously significant, right? Yes, sir. Why? So you can't just conduct yourself anyhow. In God's house. Yeah? Or, or can you? You can't? Okay. So why? Fear the Lord. Yeah, fear the Lord. That's important. That's right. Yep. Sweet dictionary, man. Amplified Bible. In order not to quench, hinder, or grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not amplify. <laughs> okay, that's true also. Very true. Yep, someone else. The fear of the Lord, not to quench the Holy Spirit. Someone else. If you can't answer this, that means you, you've been under judgment for so long. <laughs> <laughs> uh? 
The fear of the Lord, yes, not to quench the Holy Ghost. Yes, your one, I didn't hear your one. <laughs> what was your one again? The first one I said, do not have a certificate. Yeah, the second? The second one was because of the consciousness. Yeah, conscious awareness, awareness of God's presence. <laughs> why, 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 why? And what is that conduct? Does it mean you must come into the house of God? Yeah? Rigid. Praise the Lord. <laughs> does, does it mean that? Or come, you know, with the hunchback? Does it mean that? What does it mean? Conduct. You want me to show you? What is he referring to when he's talking about conduct? Yeah, in the house of God? 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Do you know what's there? What's there? Yes. Chapter 12. I'll show you. Yeah, 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 yeah. The value of the woman, yeah, 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 yeah. And the conduct in the church. Yeah, yeah, that one. Because of the Corinthians behave badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, prophesies at his own time. Yes. Guidance, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what he was on about, right? But I want to show you why it's important for us to conduct ourselves in a certain manner, especially not outwardly, but inwardly. You there? Okay, first Corinthians chapter 11, verse number, okay, I'm in chapter one. You there? Yeah. All right. Let's read verse number. Number. Okay. In context, right? Let's read from verse number six. Okay. For if a woman is not covered, let her also be. Yep. Right? And then, but it, if it is shameful for a woman to be shorn or shamed. Now you got it again. Let her be covered. For a man indeed ought not to cover his since he is the image and glory of but woman is the glory of for a man is not from, but woman from, nor was man created for, but woman for, ten. <laughs> uh, don't stay there. <laughs> 
because most will be found guilty. Verse 10. For this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of God. Because of God. Because of God. She must have a symbol of authority on her head because of God. Because of who? symbol of authority. That makes sense. Does it make sense? It should be because of God. Again, that's what it should be. It should be because of God. But it's just because of the angels. Because, because of the angels. Because of the angels. Let's go back there.
Columbus. Oh. Great God, you are. Great God, you are. says that our God is mighty in the congregation of the righteous. We honor your presence, Holy Spirit. Great God, you are Crowns before you, 
said you will make your name great. Said you will make your name great. We rise, rise our incense, Lord, to your holy name. We rise. Lift up your holy name. Come on, let's sing it. 
lift up your holy name. Lift up your holy name. Quietly, please. Lift up your holy name. Lift up your holy name. Lift up your holy name. Lift up your
the armies of heaven. They cry with shouts of acclamation to the faithful and true one. Captain of the armies of heaven He's the lamb with seven horns and seven eyes yeah. He walks among the nations oh. And his name is Adonai Bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Timothy. Timothy, same where you are. Verse 14 says, These things are right to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. 
But if I'm delayed, I write that you may know how you are to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So I ask a question, why? Why does he say that? Because of the angels. Because of the angels. Many people, in fact, most Christians, don't understand the ministry of angels and how angels conduct their ministry. The house of God, you know, Jacob said, is the gate of heaven. The house of God is the gate through which all angelic ministries conduct their assignments, their mandates. We are, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. We are to the angels what the gates of hell are to Satan. They are ministry conveyors of God. They convey the purposes, the will, the mind of God. And in the house of God, that's where their ministry is mostly seen. But because God's people are are what they are. It's difficult for, for us to discern their workings and also to understand how they work. So, we rarely see the fruit of their workings because of this very thing. He says, let the woman have a symbol of authority because of the angels. Why because of the angels? It says a symbol of authority because of the angels. Not because of God, but because of the angels. One, because of their presence. Number two, because of how they work. Of how they work. They never work in environments where authority is not observed. They can't. Because they are, they are being subjected to authority. So the, our conduct in the house of God, spiritual, our position spiritual, should always be in recognition of authority. The authority of God present within that house. Because what makes the house of God the house of God is not a building. What makes the house of God the house of God is the presence of the Spirit. The presence and the activity of the Spirit. That's what makes the house of God the house of God. Otherwise, Church is just an organization. You see that? That's what 
what distinguishes us from any other organization or religious uh, fraternity is the fact that we have the Spirit of God in our midst. Amen. I'll talk on the Spirit of God in a short while. But I just want to show you that, right? But our, our focus was verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of Godliness. I'll show, I want to show you who Christ was. Great is the mystery of Godliness. Can you see that? God, God, God was Mm, 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 mm. That's why the angels desire to look into this thing. They can't comprehend how God could suffer for men. So this is a mystery. So it says God was manifested in the flesh, tabernacled among men, God. God. Isn't it interesting that the Bible says every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come into the flesh is a spirit of Antichrist. Why? Why does the Bible want us to believe that Christ has come in the flesh? Jesus has come in the flesh. Is there anybody that confesses that he has not come in the flesh? He says he has the spirit of Antichrist. Because the spirit of Antichrist denies the deity of Christ. The spirit of Antichrist does not recognize the divinity of Jesus. Because when you look at Jesus, you must not only see the man, you must see his divinity at play. Because it's what, it's what, it's what makes the mystery so important. Because it was not just a man who died. But a God or the God who laid aside his divinity. Such is the humility of God. So when he says God was manifested in the flesh, you are noticing something extraordinary. Because for the first time in creation, creation, God humbled himself for a human being. Can you picture, can you picture, can you picture a divine personality suffering and suffering under the hands of men? Now, that is the foundation of the mystery of Christ's suffering. Because the angels can't understand. You created us. We've been with you throughout the eons. We've never seen you so humble. We've never seen you so lowly. We've never seen you so vulnerable. Because Christ's suffering is the vulnerability of God. manifested in the flesh 
That's why Jesus must die in order for man to believe this reality. Because without the Spirit, it's impossible to believe such a gift. How do God suffer? Is humility, is loneliness, is self-abasement. This one, this one, of which the prophets prophesied about, he can snap his finger like this, like Thanos, and everything would disappear. This one could blow his breath and everything would be dissolved. This one. This one that, that the prophets inquired of. Whose spirit was working in them? This one. The death of a God at the hands of men. And not just a God, the God above all other gods. How do you quantify, assimilate? It's too big for your mind to conceive because it is impossible. But it happened. God was manifested in the flesh and then <laughs> oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. God was manifested in the flesh. Yep. Justified That's deep. That's 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 deep. That's deep. That's deep. That's deep. That's deep. Is what? Deep. That's deep. The first one is deep. This one is deeper than the first one. Because this one, this one can only be revealed by the Spirit. No man saw this take place. He was justified in the spirit. God, 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 God was justified in. What does it mean, justified? Okay, let's look at the word justified, right? Do you know what the word justified means? Yes. What does it mean? Set free. To be made free. Mm. Who bound him? Bound him. Okay, let's read it the way you gave the synonym, right? God was manifested in the flesh, set free in the spirit. Set free. Who set him free? And who bound him? You must understand the, the fact that the word justif the word justification is a legal term. Is a legal term. 
That is to say that God was held in the judgment court in heaven. God. God was on trial. That's what this means. God was on trial. In the spirit. In the spirit. Because this had nothing to do with man. This had something to do with beings in the spirit. So he's justified in the spirit. Who, who, who held God to a trial? That now he should be made free. He should be justified. He should be made righteous. Is God not righteous? Can I discuss? Amen. <laughs> sure? Amen. Sure, sure, sure. Amen. Discuss? Amen. Okay, let's discuss it. So, this thing goes back to Adam. Adam is created. Adam is formed. Adam is put in the garden. Adam lives with God until Adam sins against God. Until Adam sins against God. When Adam sins against In the heavens, God's integrity was questioned. How was it questioned, Pastor? Angels are not made in the man of God, I mean in the image of God. So they can fall. Right? Other creatures, they're not made in the image of God, so they can fall. But then, man, was pronounced by God and made by God in his image. So when God said, let us make man in our image. When he said that, his reputation was on the line. The moment he said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, his reputation was on the line. His integrity was on the line. Because that man which he created would be in the similitude of God. What does that mean? The word image is Hebrew word salam. Salam means phantom. Phantom is where we get the word ghost from. So man was fashioned according to the image of God or by the ghost of God. So he was made in God's ghost, in God's image, in God's phantom. So man was the, a direct copy of who God is. So when man, when God was doing that, he was taking a risk. Because he would give that man all the attributes that God possessed. And something more powerful than any other thing. He would give man the power of free will. So that man, because of free will, would be, would be able to make choices independent from God. Yet he was in the image of God. So God was risking his own integrity, his own character, and his own reputation. 
Because Adam was made in the perfection of God. Adam represented God. Adam was God in the flesh. Because Adam was created. Adam was, that means there were no raw materials God could use to make Adam except from himself. So God used his own spirit to make this thing. Angels are products of his word. Man is a product of his own spirit. So he makes man in his own image after his own likeness. But then the man he makes fails. The man he makes falls. The man he makes sins. And the man he makes dies. Immediately, God is on trial. How can God make a being using his own material, the material of his own DNA, and that man fall? How can God make a person in his own perfection and that man fail? Is there failure in God? That's now the questions that creation began to ask. Is there failure in God? Is there a weakness in God? And I promise you, the thing that made Satan fall before even man came to be was because Satan saw something that made God seem like he was weak. Otherwise, Satan would not go and combat God, would not rebel against God if he had not perceived a weakness, something he thought was a weakness in God. The mystery of Christ's suffering. Why Christ has to suffer? That's what the angels couldn't understand. Why, why did he have to suffer? Because God was on trial. His perfect, his own perfection. Fell. Now, 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 suppose you did not know what you know about God. Suppose you were an onlooker. In his creation. And you saw God creating this man. The symbol of perfection. The symbol of glory. And then you see the very same man that this God made. Uh, for instance. For instance. If, for instance, Apple produces a product. Right? It produces the product in its own name. Right? According to its own similitude, right? If this thing falters, if this product fails, what does that do to Apple's reputation? It dampens it. It dampens it. Why? Because this product, you, you, you can't blame Microsoft for Apple's failure. Because it's a product made by Apple. So it's Apple's responsibility to undersee everything, the process, and ensure that the product that it delivers to its consumer is pristine. And according to the specifications intended by them. 
So if this thing fails, like what happened with all Samsung, remember when Samsung phones battery blew up and stuff and they had to take it back? It hurt Samsung's reputation. Now, look at man and God. And you are an onlooker and you look, but he failed. So that question was always there in creation. But God, is your man, it's your product, you're the manufacturer, and your product failed. More than that, that product was made with God's DNA. It, it failed. So you're an onlooker. Would you look at would you continue to look at God with the same eyes? Would you continue to look at God with the same eyes and say, no, but you're still God? So something, something was done to the reputation of God in the spirit that needed what? Justification. God was on trial. So Christ. Is not only man's savior, but he's the vindication or the vindicator of God. So what must then God do to prove, to prove that there was nothing wrong with him and his creation? He must become the very thing that fell. Now he's not creating. He is becoming the very thing that fell. To prove. To prove that there is nothing wrong with God. So what does he do? God. be justified so he must humble himself and become the very thing he created because the very thing he created had fallen I'm sure you've read this scripture many times and when it came there you passed you passed you were like hi no no maybe Paul made some mistake but it was not a mistake he had to be justified in the spirit there was a question in the heavens concerning God. He's God, but that which he made in his own image failed. Imagine what must have been ringing in the angels' minds throughout all those aeons. They may not have said it outwardly, but they were thinking it. That's why angels desire to look into this, this, this matter. How, 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 how did that which we not even in his image? Imagine, Mike, we not even in his image, but we never fall. <laughs> man, man is in his own image that he fell. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. That con you see, that's that's the link of angels. They were confused. What, what, what? This thing, this thing. They see God every time coming to the earth to visit man. And he has fallen. Justified in the spirit. When was he justified? 
in his death, he was justified. Number three. There's more to say there, but I'll leave it there, all right? Number three. Silver angels. Read again, please. Seen by angels. <laughs> Seen by God. Remember, this is about the mystery of God. Manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels. How? Did they not see him before? Did, did they not see? You know, and look at all this. This mystery of God was triggered by the fall of man. Had man not fallen, there would, no, there would be no need for God to be justified. There would be no need for God to become flesh. But then, the angels would not see God. The only time the angels would see God is they looked at humans. So anybody who does not believe in God is a fool. Because he is proof that there is a God. That's what the Bible says, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. But he himself is proof that there is a God. So he says, seen by angels. Implying that the angels had never seen God. They saw, just like the Bible talked about Moses. They saw his form, but not his person. See, there is the form of God. The similitude of God. In other words, uh, uh, a figure God wears to represent him. Moses never saw God, the person. He saw the form, the similitude of God. He saw the similitude of his face. He did not see God, Jesus. No man had seen. No man. So whatever... God they saw was his form, not God. Because up until that time, only Jesus saw God. You understand that? You understand that? So he was seen by angels. Black hole. He was seen by angels. For the first time, he was seen by angels. Let me ask, when did the angels know that Jesus was God? <laughs> okay. Did they know Jesus was God? Yes. We celebrated him before. Did they know he was God? Did the angels know that Jesus was God? Did they know? Yeah? 
Did the prophets know that Jesus was God? Yes. You must prove it in the scriptures. Isaiah. Isaiah? I think it's nine. Isaiah 9. Isaiah chapter 9, right? Let's let's read Isaiah chapter 9. No, it's 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 nine. It's nine. Are you there? Are you there? Please read. Verse 9, verse 6. You read it, Mr. Bug. There, 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 there. No, there, there, there. I got it for you. Verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And the government will be upon his shoulder. Yeah. And his name will be called Wonderful. So, so did they know Can I that he was God? No, hear you, right? It's the first time you hear this prophet. Uh, prophets, you are a prophet. And you're prophesying. For to us, a son is, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counter, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Eternal Father. Now, you're prophesying this, right? And then you come out of the spirit. And then you read your prophecy. Child, son, his name, mighty God, pray. Would that confuse you? Yes. I'd be confused. Because I'm like, you just told me, you just told me about a child and a son. Now you're telling me his name is mighty God, eternal father. What are you saying? So even though Isaiah prophesied this, he did not understand what he was saying. Proof, I just read it to you. The prophets themselves inquired and searched carefully. What, what men of time? The spirit of Christ which was in them was indicating concerning the sufferings of Christ and the glory which will follow. So they said it, but they didn't know it. Angels. Could they, could they have known that, hey, this, this holy, holy thing of God, this one is God. Is, is not is not a child of God. Is God is the God that they were bowing down to just a few aeons ago. This one is God. Did they know? Think about it. Could they have known? Okay, let me give you a clue. Ne? Ephesians chapter number three. A little clue. Alright? You're not in the hurry, eh? No, sir. You'll be shocked, eh? <laughs> you there? Yes. You there? Okay. Alright. You see, it's because of these things that I'm not afraid to die. For Jesus, I am not afraid to die and suffer. 
So I may be afraid to suffer for myself, you know, for my own sins, my own wrongs, but for his name. How, how do you know this and continue to fear? Ex- ex- explain to me, how, how do you know this and continue to fear? How do you know? It, it is not possible. Except you really don't know it. Otherwise, it's, it is it is not. <laughs> that is why I say, I say, I, even if you, when you listen to, my, to our interview, I say, it is impossible for all these preachers to know Jesus. They don't know him. You can't, you can't, you can't know Jesus and buckle. It's impossible. It's impossible. You can't know him and buckle. You can't have his spirit in you and live in fear. You can't. Peter said, it is more important that we obey God than man. The old Hebrew boy says, you do what you must do. <laughs> but no. Why? There's, there's, something happens. Inside you, something happens. The... If, if you, were, you were my pastor, right? If you were my pastor and I was a brethren in the house of God, right? And you, you did what these folks did, I would leave your church. Honestly. You'd never see me again. It's, you, you would never, me, you'd never see me again. So I'm telling you, Kastai. <laughs> if you, yes, if you see me, are they pastors? We should even ask them, are they pastors? You know what was a Kastai? What? Paul says, I glory, he says, glory in my tribulations. He says, I glory in my tribulations. He says, for it is, it is your own glory. I rejoice. Up, uh, chapter up. three. <laughs> we there? Amen. Sure, sure, sure. Amen. Okay. Verse eight. So we, I want to answer the question: Could they have known? That Jesus was wrong, right? Are we there? Yes. Let's read. To, to me, who are blessed are the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. It went, but, 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 but. The unsearchable riches of Christ. What is amplified? You have amplified? Okay, please read that part. Um, the gentle, the unending, boundless, fathomless, yeah. incalculable, 
Yeah, incalculable, and, yeah. And exhaustless. Exhaustless. The riches of Christ. Oh, shucks, that's deep. Which, well, Let me read it for you. Let me read it for you. Let me read it for you. Where are you? How do you see with such hundreds? <laughs> Where are we? Where are we? <laughs> Ten. Though I am the very least of all the saints, God's consecrated people, this grace, favor, privilege was granted and graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ, which no human being could have searched out. Right? You there, verse 9? And to make all men see the what is the fellowship of this mystery. Right. Also to enlighten all men and to make plain to them what is the plan regarding the Gentiles providing for the salvation of all men. Right? Of the mystery. Which from which from wait, wait, which from Wait, 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 wait. The mystery, right? The mystery. Paul's talking about a mystery here. Which from the beginning of the ages, the ages, the beginning of the ages, right? Read there. Not just age, ages. The beginning of the age. So as where the ages began. Get that? Which from the beginning of the ages, yeah? Has been hidden in God. <clears throat> The mystery has been hidden in God. Who created all things Jesus? Who created all things Jesus? Oh, wait, 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 wait. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Let's break it down for you. Alright? The context here is the mystery. What mystery is he talking about? Let's find Colossians 2. And then I'll come back there because he's using very, very strong communication. Are you there? Colossians chapter 2. What are you using, boy? What are you using? Yeah, Because mm. I wanted you to read it. Read. Colossians chapter 2? Yep. First? King James, yep. New King James? Yeah, New King James. Yeah, yeah read New King James. Read there. Chapter 2. First? One. For I want you to know. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you. Yep. And those in the dosha. Yep. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, mm. that 
that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Okay, go back again. I don't, I'm sure they didn't get that. They didn't get that. Read. For I want verse two. you verse two. that their hearts that their hearts may be encouraged, encouraged yeah, being knit together in love now. and attaining and attaining to all riches yeah, of the full assurance. Attaining to attaining. He says he wants everybody, hearts knit together and whatever, to attain what? To all riches. To all, all riches, riches of what? The full the assurance, full assurance of what? Understanding. understanding. So in simple terms, he wants us to grasp the magnitude of the riches that are available in the understanding of to the knowledge of the understanding of the mystery of God. So he wants us to get all we can get from understanding the mystery of God and of Christ. So Paul is talking about the mystery of God and of Christ. Both of the Father. says the mystery of God is both of the Father and of Christ. Not the Spirit. Why not the Spirit? It's a story for another day. So the mystery of God involves the Father and Christ. So the mystery Paul is, because Paul is the same person that's writing this. So the mystery he's talking about is the mystery of God. So this mystery he kept hidden from the beginning of the ages. And it was only revealed when? When the Holy Spirit came. It was kept from the angels. Oh, are there things angels don't know? Absolutely. Many of the things angels learn from Christians. Do you know that? Maybe you didn't know. We just read it. It says, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God, the multifaceted, the complicated wisdom of God, may be what? Made known to the principalities and powers by the church. So the church function serves as what? Teacher. To the angelic arms. Nevertheless, the mystery of God, which is of the Father and of Christ, was hidden in God. Right? And then later in chapter 1, Paul says, this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Right? So, could they have known? Because what is the mystery here? Great is the mystery of godliness. God manifested in the flesh. That's the mystery. Could they have known that Jesus was God? they couldn't have known when did they know or find out that he was God yeah after the resurrection after the resurrection after the resurrection the angels too we're talking about the angels 
When did they find out that, hey, this is God? Do, or do they know now he's God? When he ascended. Let me show you where, okay? Let me show you where. Um, John. John. Chapter number, I think, 20. Yeah, 20. You there? Okay. Verse 24. Read it, Chris. Now Thomas mm. called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. Mm. So he called to them, mm. Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails. Yeah. And put my hand yeah. into his side. That guy was deep, huh? Deep, deep sex, some of you. <laughs> Most of you. Read, bro. And after eight days, mm. his disciples were again inside. And Thomas was with and them. And Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, no, Notice, he, he actually came for Thomas. That's who he came for. How, how loving is Jesus? But Jesus was not there when Thomas said what he said. Then how did Jesus know that Thomas said what he said? If Jesus was not there. Because, because at the time, at the time Thomas was saying all this, there was no mention of Jesus being around. So how then after eight days Jesus comes and he speaks to Thomas the very same thing that Thomas said concerning Jesus. I'm sure you never, you never noticed that. Right? Thomas is saying, they're telling him, we've seen the Lord, Baba. <laughs> it's like, the Lord. <laughs> we, the Lord, we buried him. Hey, we've seen the Lord, he appeared. Unless I, I touch all those points, I saw them nail on him. Hey, I'll not believe. Jesus was not there. Eight days later, Jesus comes and says, peace, 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 peace. Then he goes, no, notice there's no fear the second time he appears. Yeah. Because the first time the Bible says they, they thought they'd seen a ghost, they are terrified. Second time, Pete, Thomas is there and Jesus says, Thomas, touch. How did he know that Thomas said what he said? Because you can see, he appeared and spoke to Thomas. He was there for Thomas. How did he know? <laughs> Where was he when Thomas said that? Where was he when Thomas said that? Was he around? Physically, no. 
I'm on now. Where was he? Was he somewhere? Oh, everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> what am I sharing with you? Maybe, maybe wondering what am I sharing? What am I trying to share with you? Who Jesus is? Who He really, 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 really is? If you, you see, if you understand who Jesus is, you would understand your Christianity. You would understand. And you will treasure it with your whole life. You will protect it with your whole life. Now, Jesus was not there. So where was he? Right? I'll answer that question now. Now, Continue reading. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside. Yeah, he spoke, he spoke, he spoke, yes. Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. He said what he said. And then read where Thomas replies. And what? Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord. I uh, read it the way it is there. There are exclamation marks there. Are yes. they exclamation marks? Yes, uh, read there. And Thomas answered and said to him, My, my Lord, Lord and my God. He was stunned. He was stunned. My Lord, my God. How? 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 Where, where now did Thomas find these words? My Lord, <laughs> my God. He's not saying rabbi anymore. He's not calling him teacher. Yes, he says, my Lord and my God. And he fell down and worshipped him. Did Jesus reject worship? No. Mm. Mm. So we must find out when then did the angels recognize and see that this one, this one is not just any other man. Because what concealed his divinity was the flesh. It was only when the flesh was torn open that his divinity began to be revealed. Jesus, your Jesus that you say you love, when then did he become God? He was always God, right? Now Thomas said, my Lord, my God, let me show you something. Let me show you something. Okay, let me tell you, let me not show you. When Jesus was raised from the dead, when he was raised from the dead, not when he died, but when he was raised from the dead, it was seen and recognized for the first time by the angels that this one was God. Why? Because of the magnitude of power that God used to raise him from the dead. Mm. See, this is what's strange about the whole passion, resurrection of Jesus Christ. When God made everything, God exercised almost no strength. Jesus was not raised by the speaking of God. He was raised by the person of God. The Bible calls it the glory of God. Every other thing God said, God said, He upholds all things, all things by the word of His power. Only Jesus could not have been raised. But God, God, God couldn't say, rise. 
God couldn't say, wake up. God couldn't say, Talita Kumai. <laughs> he couldn't say all those things. With Jesus. With Jesus, he exasperated all of his power. He went beyond the limits of his power. Now, now, now think about the amount of power, the amount of energy that was required to raise Jesus from the dead. If God rested, that's when he rested. After he raised Jesus from the dead. Because the Bible says, here's what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible says. Let, let me give you the exact terminology of the Bible, right? Ephesians 1, 19. Ephesians 1, 19. And this, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of the calling, what are the glory of the riches of inheritance of the saints. Yep. Verse 19. And now listen to this. And what, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ. Which he worked in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So there was power at work here. And he says this power is called the exceeding greatness of his power. The Greek word there is hupabalomegatos. It means... To throw beyond the limits. It means to go beyond the limits. It, 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 it means to break the record. To go beyond the assigned limits. The assigned boundaries. So the exercise of God's power in raising Jesus from the dead. And sitting him in the heavenly places. Was beyond the limits that he had previously exercised. So it took much more than the ordinary for God to raise Jesus from the dead and to sit him in the heavenly places. So Jesus was raised by the glory of God, by the power of God, and was is seated today at the right hand of majesty by the same power. Now that is the power that we today call the Holy Spirit. He is the extension of God's power. So only the Holy Spirit could resurrect Jesus Christ. Why? He is God. So when he woke up, the angels saw, oh, that's God. That's, that's, that, that's, that's God. That's God. Why? Because all his life, blood was out. And he was living now by the power of the Spirit. And they saw, that is God. That is God. So he was seen by angels. He was seen by angels. So when he was raised now from the dead, 
he did what? He, all his divine powers were restored to him. Jesus is omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. Now think about every time the angels see Jesus, because they see Jesus on the throne now. Think about every time the angels see Jesus with a nail print in his hands and the opening in his wound. In his side. Think, think about what goes through their mind. And those things are not for himself. They are testimony throughout the eons to man. He didn't die for the angels. He died for man. And throughout all eternity, they see God actually died. Actually died. He suffered. He died. But for me. And that's the mystery of Christ's suffering. And he says, the glories that you follow. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back to Timothy. Timothy 3 He says preached among the Gentiles believed on in the world received up in glory Today our proof of the glorification of Jesus is the Holy Spirit of God. Christians don't need Jesus. Christians need to know the Holy Spirit. Because it was for that reason that Jesus went back to heaven. The Holy Spirit is why Jesus died. The Holy Spirit why me and you answer the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is why me and you are children of the Most High God. The Holy Spirit means Jesus is glorified. In your life, if you never discover the Holy Spirit, you have not begun on your Christian life. You cannot know the Holy Spirit so much or so less that you will not come to terms of who Jesus and who the Father is. He died. He went to hell. He was lifted up in glory to make available to us the spirit of glory. The spirit of glory. Today, everybody who believes in Jesus, who have received his spirit, has the omniscience of God in them. The omnipresence of God the omnipotence of God in them and the love of God in them. The Holy Spirit is the greatest personality you can come to know in this side of heaven. He is the one that will not leave you 
Bible tells us that he shall be with you forever. In other words, even after we leave this place, even if, even if you die, you die with the Spirit. Even if you, 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 you go to heaven today, you go with the Spirit. He will never leave you. Throughout all ages, the Spirit will forever be with you. But he gave us the Spirit on this side of heaven to know him, to walk with him. He's our guarantee. He's, our, he's the down payment. Let, let, let me show you. Can I, can I show you something? Can I show you something? Ephesians. Ephesians. Chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 13. It says, In him also you trusted, after you heard of the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, having believed, you were sealed. You were sealed. You were sealed. Marked with the Holy Spirit. Notice what he calls him. The Holy Spirit of promise. The word that promise is assurance. Divine assurance. He's the Holy Spirit of assurance. Who is the down payment? Who is the down payment, the deposit of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession? What is he talking about? What is this redemption of the purchased possession? He's talking about this body. When this body shall put on immortality, when this corruptible body shall put upon itself incorruptibility, he says the Holy Spirit is the earnest, is the guarantee, is the deposit. He's God's down payment that he's coming for you. He's God's down payment that your body will put on immortality. Behold, we shall not all sleep, but in the twinkling of an eye, he says we shall be caught up to be with the Lord. He says, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we who are alive shall ascend to be with the Lord forever. Where mortality is put on immortality. And this corruptible body puts on incorruptibility. The day is coming soon. That's why you lose the Holy Spirit. You lose your rights to rapture. You forgo him, you lose your rights to rapture. The Holy Spirit. He's why you're a Christian. So the goal of me and you in our lifetime should be to glorify Jesus by walking with his Spirit. He is what makes everything else real. He makes all of this that we do for the Lord real. Without Him, all we are doing is dead religion. His goal is not just to help you shabalabababa, no. No. He's in you. 
is in you. You are. Understand this concept. Understand this concept. You are his house. You understand that? He has the title deed to your body. You are his house. You are his temple. The house is not greater than the owner, than the builder. The builder is greater than the house. That's what the Holy Spirit is. But you see, the, the, the reason why we are unable to access the treasures of the Spirit is because we are still landlords of our own house. Only when you become the temple will you know who the Spirit of God truly is. We're going to take Holy Communion now. But remember why that blood spilled. Remember why that body was torn. It was so that me and you may have the Holy Spirit. Hebrews chapter 10, the Bible says he has made a new and living way for us by the telling of the veil, which is his flesh. He tore his flesh for the sake of the spirit. So when you remember Passover, when you remember the death of Jesus Christ, the burial of Jesus Christ, the suffering of Jesus Christ, you must remember one thing, that all that you have, all that you enjoy today in Christ is because of the Holy Spirit. Of the Holy Spirit. One day, very soon, this Lord that we have been worshiping and praising and praying to all these years will come and we will meet Him. May He not find us with feeble knees and feeble hands. We have no excuse, brothers and sisters. Because he has given us of his spirit. You see the same spirit that was in him when he walked the earth. Is the same spirit that is in us living today. That same spirit. Helped him throughout his entire life. Until he fulfilled his destiny. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He is the consequence of Christ's passion. He is the proof of Christ's glorification. The Holy Ghost. Baba calls him our helper. It is sin and it is blasphemous to the work of Christ to live without his help. That is why the Bible tells us he that sins against the Spirit says no forgiveness is granted him in this life or in the next. And that's what many of us in Christianity are doing today. We ignore the Spirit. We downplay Him. We neglect Him. 
And then we want to say, thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. Yet the very reason why he died, we don't appreciate. To appreciate Christ's work on the cross to his burial right up until his ascension is to fellowship with the Spirit, is to love the Spirit, is to recognize the Spirit, and is to submit yourself under his government. Whatever you call Christianity, without the government of the Spirit, is not Christianity at all. It is something else, but it is not Christianity. The Holy Spirit is how or walking with Him, loving Him, appreciating Him, honoring Him, submitting to His government is how you show the Lord that you are appreciative of his sacrifice on the cross. Anything other than that, brothers and sisters, is falsehood. How do we say we love him? We honor him. He's our Lord. Yet we are not under the government of his spirit. Deception. Deceit. Every time you ask the Spirit's help and He helps you. You are proving that Jesus truly died. Jesus was truly buried and He's truly resurrected. That is the true faith. That is how we honor the work of Christ. Because He is the gift that came from that work. So when God sees us living our lives void of the Spirit, empty of the Spirit, is a ridicule to the work of the Lord. Follow your Lord's example. He says, I do nothing. In other words, you will not move an inch. You will not act an inch until the breath of the Spirit undergets it. Today we have replaced the spirit with models. Replaced the spirit with rituals, with routine. We've replaced the spirit with infrastructure and administration and organization. Others says, tell me where they where have they put they taken him? Where they have taken my Lord. Tell me that I may go and fight. You can't celebrate this Passover thing if you do not realize this fact. You can't. You can't. It's not just about his death, resurrection. No, it's about the reason why. The reason why. The reason why. The Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray. We need to repent. Not just for us, but for the whole body of Christ. For neglecting the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our families, 
in our ministries, in our nations, and in our cities. We cannot expect to be as victorious as Jesus without the Holy Spirit because he was the secret to his life. He was the secret to his ministry. He was the secret to his destiny. You can't say the Holy Spirit is your friend, but you do not obey his instructions. You do not obey his commands. Jesus, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Friendship with God is linked to commands, is linked to instructions, is linked to obedience. We are weak, brothers and sisters. We are shamed. We are ridiculed in the world. The name of the Lord is blasphemed by the enemies of the Lord. All around the world, because we've neglected the spirit. Because we've downplayed him. We have become the own pilot of our lives and he's the passenger. He's just going on he's just going on the ride with us instead of the other way around. One of the things God will judge the body of Christ is for this very thing. The spirit is precious to the Godhead. And who should be precious to you as well? If we should have any assurance of meeting the Lord one day, we should, brothers and sisters, endeavor to cultivate a life and a walk with the Holy Spirit. Every Christian is given that opportunity by the virtue of his indwelling presence. We must all find him. We must all seek him out. Yes, with all your heart, then you shall find me. The Spirit of God. See, he's the one that makes you calling Jesus feel real. There are some people who say, Jesus, 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 they don't even know what they are saying. But if you've got the spirit who say, Jesus, everything in you would know who you are referring to. We need the spirit now more than ever. We need a revival of the awareness of the Spirit in our lives. To love Him. To adore Him. To learn to commune with Him. Otherwise, we suffer the risk of having our doors closed. When the bridegroom comes. The Bible says, while they all slept, a voice cried in the midnight, saying, the bridegroom cometh. 
Rise from meeting. But the others found that their oil was not enough. They asked, borrow, they said, no, go buy your own. When do you want to know the Spirit? When it's too late. When do you want to cultivate a walk with Him? When it's too late. The time is now. The time is now to learn his voice, his workings, his activities in our lives, to behold his manifestations. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So many in the body of Christ don't know, don't recognize him. Don't appreciate him. Don't be like them. The Holy Spirit. He's all God gave us. He's all God gave us. He's all God gave us. As we take communion now, we're going to pray prayers of repentance for not taking the work of Jesus Christ on the cross in the shed of his blood seriously not only for us but for the body of Christ globally because globally today this weekend there were nobody gathered in their churches for the first time in history there was no gatherings no gatherings All around the world, people who are attending their Passover celebration weekends online. What hellish is that? Because man says so. Because man says so. You must not get up. Is this where we've gotten to in our Christian faith? Is, is this what our faith is worth? Is this the value of Christianity in the world today? We've forgotten the Holy Spirit. That's what we've forgotten. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. His word. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Today we remember your work on the cross. 
for our salvation. <clears throat> you remember how your blood was shed for our sins and how your body was torn for our iniquities and how the chastisement of our peace was upon you and how it even pleased the Lord God to smite you for our sins. But on the same breath we remember the Holy Spirit whom you have given us whom you died and was glorified that we might have that he might live with us to help us accomplish the work of God here on earth forgive us forgive us forgive your body forgive your church all around the world for forgetting why you died and for forgetting why we are your people why we are your church because we have forgotten and subscribe to systems of man void of the holy spirit all around the world churches are shut down passover is not observed as it should pews are empty pulpits are empty we have sinned we have sinned against you we have chosen rather to obey the dictates of evil men rather than to obey god give us to give us we pray here in holy spirit's tabernacle that you may restore to us the joy of salvation and revive in us a consciousness and awareness of the spirit of god as we partake of this communion unite us once again with the reality of the spirit of god for he is our only life link our only lifeline to heaven holy spirit we've ignored you as the body of christ we've neglected you used you and abused you for our own gain but no more no more help us to follow you teach us the way of the spirit teach us the ancient path of the spirit help us in these last days help us Holy Ghost Kaleshan subrakita kashanda prakita Help us Lord Let us discern ourselves judge ourselves whether or not we discern the body of the Lord 
We are sick. We are diseased. We are afflicted because we fail to observe your body. Today we judge ourselves that we may not be judged. And we are found guilty of not recognizing the Holy Spirit. We are found guilty. We are guilty. But we pray that you may have mercy on us. Holy Spirit, come upon us afresh. Come upon us anew. And teach us the right path. We have deviated from your ways. Teach us the right path. For we have erred from the path of salvation. Teach us, teach us to emulate the same spirit, the apostles, the prophets of old, the Lord Jesus Christ demonstrated in their walk here on earth. And we will prove that the shedding of your blood was not for nothing. The breaking of your body was not for nothing. Sunday last week I said Christianity has no standards we have no standards and according to that Christianity I declare myself not a Christian because that Christianity will lead me to hell and away from the Lord. Brothers and sisters, if you are to know the Lord, your life's determination should be not only to live by this book, but to become it. And let it abide in you. If this book don't abide in you, no matter how many scriptures you quote, brothers and sisters, it will mean nothing. It will not help you. And what we have faced, and what we are faced with, is proof that we don't have the word in us. We don't have the word in us. We must determine to seek once again the ancient past. Otherwise, all this is meaningless. 
That's why my doctrine <clears throat> is designed to lead you to have your own walk with God. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. That's what matters at the end of the day. To know your Lord. To know your God. To find Him. Bible says, it is they that know their God that shall do exploits. We're in critical moments, brothers and sisters. We're in critical moments in human history. And we must know our God. If we are going to do exploits, we must know our God. We must know our God. This world doesn't respect gimmicks. know our God. We must know our God. You know, Jesus said when, when he was about to die, he told his disciples, all of you here shall leave me, that it might be fulfilled. Strike the, shall strike the shepherd and all the sheep shall scatter. And they all scattered. All of them scattered. Mark even scattered with his clothes naked. All of them scattered. All of them left them, but he said, I'm not alone. My father is with me. You know why they scattered? They had not the spirit. So he couldn't hold it against them because they had not the spirit. But after they had the spirit, none of them scattered. That's what the Holy Spirit does in you. He makes you a rock. Beelzebub is in the churches. Pow is in the churches. The God of the flies is in the churches. We must strip ourselves of all these outward externals. And you will see that God is not enthroned in his own house. So what does he do? He will leave. He will leave. He will leave. And seek abode elsewhere. I always say to you, as long as you are on this earth, your salvation is not guaranteed. The risk to deviate and reject Jesus still exists as long as you are on this earth. To be a Christian is not a guarantee that you shall be saved. It's not a guarantee. So every single day, as Paul said, you are to work out your own salvation with godliness and trembling. There are those who have walked with God at one stage in their lives and they don't. You ask yourself, what happened? 
is the risk that exists here on earth. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, no one else, not your pastor, not your apostle, not your prophet, not your man of God, the Holy Spirit is the only one, the only one that can sustain you through the tides of life. The Holy Spirit. That's why it says it is the gospel that is preached by the Holy Spirit that makes a difference, that changes, that brings transformation. Christianity that professes godliness and lacks power and lacks reality. Christianity is about proving the reality of Christ. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Proving the reality of Christ in your walk, in your conduct, in your life, in your marriage, in your career. Is proving, is being a witness for Jesus Christ. Says, You shall be witnesses unto me. The Holy Spirit is the ingredient. You can't talk of loving Jesus and still possess an unwillingness to die for him, to suffer for him. He says, If we suffer with him, if we suffer with him, we shall reign with him. We cannot profess a life of glory without. Accepting our responsibility for suffering for him here on earth. He says, if we suffer for righteousness, he says, then the spirit of glory rests on us. That's what it means to be a Christian. every time you take this you are identifying with the life of suffering you are identifying with the one who suffered you are identifying that's why he says he that eats this thing let him judge himself lest he bring damnation to himself he says for for this reason many are sick are weak and many do fall asleep why? For not discerning the Lord's will. Seeing where we are today in the world, in history. What is your responsibility? and give it unto you. You're going to need all those things. Don't live life without him. That's why Jesus died. That's why he's Lord. Don't live life without him. 
Yes. This represents your blood and your body. Love you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. Powerful as the wind you come, as gentle as the dove you come, as powerful as the wind you come, as gentle as the dove you come. I love you, Holy Spirit. Oh, no. 
break of dawn, rivers
We thank, we thank. Hallelujah. Abashita Kaya. 
Thank you. 